The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023, season 19, episode number 70. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and uh, we're taking a big picture look today. We're going to have lots of different topics and uh, things we'll get into. I think Brian even has a little game for us at some point throughout this show. Yeah. Uh, So we'll have a little fun here today. But going to be fun. Oh, gosh. Uh, so <laughs> let's, let's start uh, on a more somber note. We did hear this morning uh, news that uh, Leighton Vanderesh is indeed out for the season. Uh, he had been on IR, um, but uh, Jerry uh, confirmed this morning on his uh, hit with Sean and RJ on the fan uh, that he is, in, de- in fact, out for the season. My question for you guys is, I know the Cowboys have made some moves. They've uh, they've moved Marquise Bell and Sean Evans. They, get, they brought in like they have other options. What do you think of the linebacker position at this point? Well, I tell you what, I, I think they've been really fortunate that uh, that uh, you're starting to get better play from Clark, which I think has really helped. Throwing Bell into the mix, he's got such an awareness and such a nose for the ball. And you could play him in coverage, and you could play him you know, in the run game. Uh, he's he Now he's starting to get an understanding of like, Okay, I can't go toe to toe with these offensive linemen, so I got to go as fast as I can, you know, and try and get to the spot, you know. And I think his, I think his read, his react, all those things that maybe at safety was a lot different for him. You play linebacker, it happens so much faster. And you know, when you get those big guys coming off second level on, you've got to be able to move and get out of the way and get to the ball. And he's done a really nice job with that. Um, they're just going to need to continue to find ways. The Evans play the other day I thought was was suitable. Uh, he's a physical player. He's uh, he likes to mix it up. You need a little toughness in, in at that position. I think he's providing it. Uh, they're going to have to try and find something else, though, and I mean that something else just for depth purposes. You know, just to just to make sure that uh, that they get somebody. You know, maybe it's going to be poaching somebody off a practice squad, a signing, an elevation, something. I mean, I know they've got some guys on their practice squad that uh, that they could look at as well, but I, I just feel like they need one more guy because the others are, are holding it together. But, man, if they could find somebody, and it doesn't have to be the level of what we're seeing with the starters, but somebody that could play 10, 12 snaps a game you know, and, and give those other guys a little bit of a break right now. Uh, I think um, bottom line is Marquise Bell saved the day. Um, yeah. In this situation, to say the least, like like Brian said, I'll echo it. Marquise Bell has been uh, sensational and, and coming in, and uh, particularly when you put it in the context of uh, he was a safety um, before now. He was a rookie before this season. So to get thrown into the fire in the fashion in which he did and to perform the way he's doing in both coverage and especially in run defense, you know, helping bottle up guys like Austin Eckler and, and Saquon Barkley and the like, um, 
uh, he he has the potential to be something very special. Uh, so he saved the day. Damone Clark is now he's taking that leap. You're starting to see that as he gets more and more reps in the absence of LVE. He's really starting to find his groove, especially in the run defense as well. He's covering sideline to sideline, improving his coverage as well. Um, and Rashawn Evans. First two elevations, not much there because as far as rep count goes, some special teams duties, but almost 49, almost 50% of the defensive rep count against the Giants. So he got a lot of burn, uh, but that was his third elevation. So the the question now comes um, if they want to see him again this regular season because the clock resets on elevations for the playoffs. If they want to see Rashawn Evans again this season, they're going to have to add him to the active roster. Um, For me, speaking for me, I would do that and probably look at uh, moving someone from the bottom of your defensive line, especially now that Rashawn Evans can contribute on uh, special teams as well. But then to bring Tyrus Weed at you. I didn't want to say the name, but well, I, mean, I could just, do it, it because I don't have sense. to live in the building anymore. Just, I, yeah, that's not going to stop. That's not <laughs> I, I, stop I'm me. just kidding. That's not going to stop. Me. Yeah, um, Tyrus, Tyrus Weed. But it, it makes yeah. sense because he was—he's the the more recent uh, addition to the fifty-three, yeah. and, and the situation in which he was added, it made sense. But now it makes more sense for you to keep Rashawn Evans yeah. on your active roster. Um, but to Brian's point, you, know, you want to identify more depth there. So you have Marquise Bell, you have Demone Clark; those are your starters, presumably. Sean Evans, he gets heavily into that mix of uh, that three-headed mix. But Malik Jefferson, he's out of elevations. In order for him to be seen again, he's going to have to be put on the active roster. I don't think you put – well, you're not going to put him and Evans on the active roster. But then they have um, Buddy Johnson, I believe, yeah. is his name, uh, recently signed to the practice squad. So they have a couple bodies on the practice squad. Buddy uh, doesn't have – well, he has all three elevations remaining. But I would still love to see one um, more from Malik Jefferson whenever that time comes – but dip into free agency, dip into some of these other teams' practice squads, maybe yeah. poach a guy yeah. so you can kind of bolster that bottom half of that, that linebacker core. But, yeah, Mar- Marquise Bell to the rescue. It's Could- been crazy the fact that you have lost two key players yeah. in your defense. Mm-hmm. And Den Quinn has done a really, really great job working with what he has. And and credit to them, they've been able to hold up uh, pretty good. But my concern is, how is that going to hold up once you start facing those teams in December and get past that? We got a taste of against the 49ers, Mm -hmm. and then we got a taste of the Eagles, Mm -hmm. and that was pretty good. They they were able to stay in the game and compete, but it it brings, you know, right now against the next few teams— you, I can. I would bet on this defense to handle their job, but even then, we still see some of those weaknesses where they do still allow some of those big plays, those chunk plays. And I'm, I am. I'm not gonna lie. If I wouldn't say I'm. I'm concerned for the rest of that. Those last weeks of December, they're gonna be a big challenge. You know, they could do something else. I, I know we were just mentioning names, but we, Noah. Uh, you know, a corner there mm-hmm. could probably be, uh, you know, could be something that that would, Benogany, yeah. Benogany, yeah, yeah, that they can, that they maybe because I he's think, been inactive the last yeah, because so. what you could do is to me, I kind of feel like that Wanye Thomas could play a little corner if he had to, but you got him, Israel McQuamu, you know, you got some guys that could play. Maybe you could go a little bit 
lighter at that spot if they don't want to do anything with wheat. And Nashon is back. He's yeah, back for exactly, weeks, so. exactly. So. If you look, if you're looking at this team long term, uh, and I'm talking about next year, year after that, you're looking at this linebacker position and <laughs> with the assumption. There's a kid at Clemson named uh, Trotter. I drafted his dad in 1998. Jeremiah. Yeah. Yeah. Former Eagle, right? Yeah, former yeah. Eagle. I drafted his dad, and I, I'm, it's going to be exciting to watch his son play. And yeah, you're going to be looking at linebackers. Well, but that's that's so. also my question. I mean, yeah. obviously you got Marvion Overshawn, who we all loved, uh, coming out of camp sure. on injured reserve. Right, you got him coming back. That's three. Do you, do, you, do you still think at that point it's as important at the same when point. you get to the draft? Or do you think, it, you know, you, you have a little leeway. You're just trying to get depth once you get to this offseason if LVE can't yeah, continue Yeah, I'm trying to go. In. I'm, I mean, I, I, I totally overshone, I think, was, was a really nice get and was going to be something that was going to be special. They need to go get a legitimate starting guy. They, you know, they need to go get a guy that, that – that can play can play the run. You see him in you know how active. Trotter is a big physical kid. You know his, he's just like his dad. Yeah, his dad was a he's mean good. guy. God, and I'm getting old. Yeah, no, seriously. Yeah, Jeez. I mean it. His Trotter it, it Samuel. Happened. Yeah. It happened. No, no, you Sertain. do. You, you, watch, Sertain, yeah. <laughs> you watch all these. I mean, uh, there's a tackle at Notre Dame. Alt. I scouted his oh, dad, yeah. John Alt. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'm, so you're like going, okay. You know, here I'm trying to get to the lake, you know, <laughs> no. still scouting players. That's crazy. But, here I am clueless. Yeah. But, but that's, 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 I think there's when we get to that day, when it's, you know, when we, when we have the green trash bag day and hopefully it's after a parade, uh, that you can, you know, you, you, when they look at their roster, they're going to look at running backs. They're going to look at the linebackers. You know, for sure. Those are, I think, a couple of different areas that they're going to probably address. Agreed. I mentioned this in sidebar. Just wait until we're scouting Aiden Diggs. Um, yeah. <laughs> then you'll, then it'll hit home. For I'll you. be breathing <laughs> dust yeah, when I think, man. Um, but I, I agree. I, and uh, I wrote the the impact article, which will go up on the dot com here shortly. Uh, and something I floated was kind of future tense. Like, what does the Cowboys linebacker core look like as far as how they approach it via the draft in, in April? And I believe that, be it a, a premium pick or a mid or late day pick, you got to go and get another guy yeah. now where they go in the draft and do that I think that goes that would go to the level of confidence that they have in DeMarion Overshone being able to come back from a torn ACL and hit the exact form that he was in when he was special in training camp this yeah. past season and they've shown they, they are from not, your lips to God's ears exactly. because what we've seen lately from mm-hmm. these guys that have come back from injury they is need a second they need it they need two years yeah. Yeah. you know I mean if there's anything that I would have learned being in the front office if I was working for this crew that like every time we think like we're going to get this guy back, but let's not act like that he's going to come in here and make mm-hmm. the Pro Bowl, you yeah. know. And and I mean I, I mean that is I, that's what I would learn, yeah. you know, because you've seen whether it's Pollard, whether it's Gallup. I mean, guys, it's uh, Steele. Mm-hmm. Guys, it takes a little time for them to come back. Yeah, that, but sometimes we have fair, seen though. that happen where we all know that may be the case, but yet they don't bring in some extra help. Right. So yeah. We've seen that happen. If, if it's me, I'm using a, a premium pick on the position. And, and again, this is not to knock, uh, to knock what we just said as far as Marquise Bell is concerned mm-hmm. and the step that Damone Clark has taken. Um, but Demarvion Overshone, yes, he was a training camp uh, superstar and has the potential to be that. 
but going forward, but he is coming back from a torn ACL, right. and he's a rookie who's not played a single regular right. season snap yet. Right. You have to contextually put that in play. And it's a team, it's front office that's shown they're not adverse to it, using a first-round pick, obviously, on a linebacker. Did it with Leighton Van Der Esch, 40 seasons Sean later. Sean Lee. Well, not first-round, but not for second-round yeah, pick. On, premium but, yeah. pick, still right, premium right, pick. Right. So using that, Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch, Michael Parsons, obviously. So I think this situation with LVE and the ominous tone surrounding his future, I think first-round, at least second round pick is definitely on the table not to get too far into that conversation i do think there's a lot of other positions though that you're gonna have to really think about this offseason when you start thinking about premium picks you start looking at the offensive line there may be some areas mm. that you want to really address uh maybe even running back like there's some, yeah, some I, cloudiness there so i think i think there are a lot of positions that we'll talk about and we'll get into that when we get into draft show and stuff yeah no i think what that looks like that running back room i mean i there's going to be some but it's i think we're a year late I think we're a year late on those guys that, you know, last year that we really evaluated. That thing stretched. Those backs? Oh, my gosh. That thing stretched (laughs) way into, like, the fourth round on guys. What what round, just from my own knowledge, did A-Chain go in? Uh, Third, I believe. Was he third? Was he a third round guy? I think that, that I th- guy. I think I'm right about that. Fifth, that guy fifth. out there in Miami, he is. He type he's on, he's on IR Did right now. Is but it fourth, fifth? Did I miss it? Is it coming up? Signal third before yeah, before he went to IR, he was looking really, really. I know really this. Good. That speed that, is that was, crazy. That was my draft. No, no. Cat. That speed is crazy. That was my draft. Cat. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 that was firsthand watching LSU play Texas A and M, and them hand him the ball, and, and LSU's defense. Nobody could stop him. Yeah. I mean, and you're and you're wondering why is A and M struggling so bad right now? Yeah. Why don't you just hand the ball to this guy every time? And they they just didn't do that. And they, against LSU, they did. Well, the oh likelihood is he'll be back from IR by the time the Cowboys play. Play them in December. Oh, so no. we'll all get a front row seat. Yeah, to see yeah didn't they open Mr. his H-Chain, window this week? I'm not yeah, I think so. I think I did. Yeah, read so. that. All right, let's take our first break. Let's come back. Uh, we have a little conversation on the NFL. We'll get to a game here in the third segment. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Back to the break. Experience the most electrifying event of the holiday season, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza. Extravaganza! <laughs> Powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night from November 17th through December 16th, the Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza! Extravaganza! <laughs> Ignites the star in Frisco with uh, an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including world-renowned Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearance from your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for for more info. Extravaganza. I, was, I, was, I, I wondered if he was going to do it a third time. <laughs> Hat trick. Got to do it a third time. Extravaganza. Love it. Love yeah. it. Mary Welcome Festivus. back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC nice Board there, Studios. Man. At the star, the they trees up. Job. They do. You guys do a good job out yeah, there. Yeah, the trees that. up, and yeah. they got they got that thing Big feeling old like presents Christmas. Looking yeah. out there, yeah. yeah, feeling like Christmas. So uh, here we go. Uh, this segment is brought Miami, to you, by the way, for for Christmas Eve. Don't get her to say something on the air that I don't want her to say. We don't know what the future may hold in store for any of us. You so. and Leighton Vanderush on the same plane right now? We take wow. it one day at a time. One day at a time. That's the one thing I took from Jason Garrett. Ah. Oh, really? Was it the 17 inches shirt? <laughs> Let's move on. That's this segment brought to you by BlackShirt.com. I'm so glad that you heard up and said shirt. Go ahead. <laughs> I didn't no, make that up. No, definitely it was a shirt. It yeah, was a shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't make that up. I wore the shirt one time in the grocery store and never again. Yeah, I, I, me too. I wore it one time out, and then I was like, yeah, I'm not wearing this anymore. That's um, just not as possible, so I don't even know why that's even a thing. Was that? Stop. That's not possible. Moving on. This segment brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, let's go. Let's let's talk. Let's talk about I can't wait to ask these questions now. Oh my gosh. All right, let's talk about the NFL. Let's let's, let's do what we did last week. We're talk about the NFC. Um I have the top seven teams here. I want you guys to rank them. And oh, top seven again. Yeah, let's let's we're going to top seven. You got Philadelphia at eight and one, you got Dallas at six and three, you got Detroit at seven. And two Minnesota at six and four, <laughs> New Orleans at five and five, San Francisco at six and three, and Seattle at six and three. How would you rank them? Top one to seven. Philly, Detroit, Dallas, Minnesota. How many I got left? Uh, three, three. <laughs> oh God, New Orleans is five and five. I don't know if they're better than Tampa now. I'm going to go Tampa over New Orleans just because I think New Orleans is going to not – they're going to fall apart in the south. Okay. 
Where did I get? I didn't put San Francisco. You didn't put. I was like, yeah, where's San Francisco down there? No, I'm just going down the list. Oh, okay, I got. Okay, wait. Okay, put San Francisco ahead of Dallas. So uh, you got Philly, Detroit, San Francisco, Francisco, Dallas. Dallas. Those are your top four, right? Minnesota. Uh, uh, wait, Seattle, 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 Minnesota, Seattle, Minnesota, Tampa. Just because I don't trust New Orleans. I'm sorry, I don't trust New Orleans. Got it. Okay. Thanks. I I didn't go far enough down to then see West. (laughs) I don't know. This this might be spot on with Brian, or I might. I don't know yet. Uh, Philadelphia. Okay, so Philly number one. Mm, Seattle. Yes, for me, it's always that Seattle. Come on, you're riding that Seattle train. Keep riding. That Seattle Detroit conversation for me. Um. Yeah, but the the record is the record, and record Lions have only two losses. Seattle has three, so I don't care. Philadelphia, Seattle, yeah, yeah. San Francisco, Dallas, um, Detroit, Minnesota, New Orleans. Is that seven? Yeah, seven. Yeah. seven. Okay. I just don't trust New Orleans, and I trust them no, last I don't week, and I don't, and I don't, I don't trust, trust anybody either. in the NFC. Yeah. So. Somebody's going to win that West, and I I mean, excuse me, at the West, the South, and it. I don't know. They're going to be a bad team, yeah. and and whoever is the fourth, the fifth seed in yeah. the NFC is going to have a pretty easy road yeah. playoff game, I would think. Don't yeah. trust anybody in the NFC South. No. Yeah. Um, Throw Minnesota have... there at one, like you did last week. <laughs> yeah, come on. You, you, you must know something. They're playing damn. They are playing good football. Playing damn, I was like, good football last week. I was making a joke, but uh, last week see? I'm like going, oh, she put Minnesota you up there. In, you're a big believer. Put it I in the am. universe, right? You just put it in the universe. You did one million dollars on my way. <laughs> oh, then you're uh, definitely not going to Miami for the Christmas <laughs> game if you do that. If you get that. No, um, let me hold. Let me hold. Philly, something. San Francisco, Seattle. Detroit, mm. Dallas, I still, yeah, okay. uh, Minnesota, and then New Orleans. But um, I still believe Dallas could end up higher. It's just one of those things that we still haven't seen it. Earn it. Happen, you know. Earn it. So Earn we'll it. see. But we do this on a weekly basis, you know. Yeah. Keep moving It's all around. about the And every Keep week moving. it can adjust based upon yeah. what you're saying, quite yeah. frankly. Right now, I, I still believe Philadelphia is one. I still believe San Francisco is two. I don't think anything is, that I've seen has changed that for me yeah. because San Francisco, as soon as they got their guys back, yeah. they went right back to destroying people. And that wasn't a bad Jacksonville team they went and beat on no. the road. That's a good team, and they destroyed them. I think San Francisco's right up there with Philly. I still think Philly's the best, though. But Philly, San Francisco, then I put Dallas there. Until further notice, I think Dallas is better than Detroit, and I think Dallas, Dallas is better than Seattle. We'll see because they'll get to play both of them right. uh, here in the last uh, month and a half of the season. So I go Philadelphia, San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, Seattle, Minnesota, New Orleans, or whoever comes from the South. I don't really care. Just start got to just how about throw somebody at seven like the rest of us do? Why don't you put somebody at seven? All right, seven? take New Orleans. I'll okay, take New there Orleans. There you go. I'll take New Orleans. All three of you are wrong about the New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way, we absolutely can be because that's no, no, that that is that's a mess. It just reminds me of the NFC East. What was that three years ago? Where it's just like they were fighting for last place and first place. Remember, we were like we were just trying to finish eight and eight at one point. Like yeah, we to win the division. We're going to win this thing. Yeah, I think that's how the South is this year. I don't. I don't think. Either of those teams can really compete with the top six teams in the NFC. I just yeah. don't think it's even. There's going to be there's going to be a better team sitting at home from one of those other divisions. I think Washington went, matches up well with whoever would win the South. That's how how I think about the South. Man, Washington, they've let a couple of these go. They've they let did. they've let two against Philadelphia go, and they let one last week go. Yep. 
Gosh, no. that, that could be a they little bit. Position. But you know, you just different. did. You just made the the argument for abolishing the current playoff format with division division winners guaranteed, and you just take the top seven. No, best teams. I did not because I still believe there's value in winning your division. And if you win your division, you should have an opportunity to be in the playoffs. Regardless, you mm-hmm. should have an opportunity to be in the playoffs. So I, I think there is still some value in winning your division. I I, will, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Patrick, okay. I have I to agree with him. That. I want no, to yeah. but I, I wholeheartedly believe. No, no, no. I, I, I agree. I just wanted to see yeah. what your stance. Yeah, I wholeheartedly. I have to agree with him. Because there's some times where when I was working and we were and I was just praying we'd get to eight and eight to have a chance. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're just like, please, if we could just finish eight and eight, they're gonna, we're maybe gonna win this division. Yeah, you know, we're gonna get to play in this thing. Oh, I will I tell you, I was one, just curious which side of that train you were on. Well, I will tell you this: I'm not a, I'm not a huge advocate of of them having a home game, though. I do think you you can make the playoffs. I think every division winner should make the playoffs. But then I would just seed it one through seven based on your like your that. record and tie breaks. Yeah. And the top four teams get a get a. Uh, I mean, the, actually, the top team gets a bye. Those other three teams get a home game, and like you that. you seed it like that. I, I think that's a fair way to do it. Just because you win your division doesn't mean you're guaranteed a home, in my opinion. I think you should be guaranteed playoffs. That's Until it. Dallas wins the division that way, and then we're all like, no, wait, that, we deserve a home Well, it game. depends on the city, too. Like, if we're going to a good city, oh, I'm like, I'll say a road game. Do you have good. a problem with going to New can Orleans? I, can I ask you a question? I, I really do. <laughs> is, is there a team in the NFC that is, is more home-dependent than the Cowboys? Seattle. I look at Seattle, and I think their home-field advantage is so substantial that for me, I don't know. You went 12 straight here, I believe, right? Yeah, no, no, I, no. I'm not saying. And you're right. Dallas right now, there is a clear pattern that we've seen develop yeah. in them and what they're able to do at home versus on the road. Now, I think part of that could also be their, the, who they're matched up against. Sure. Uh, but that being said, I, I think Seattle is another team where it really, to me, them being on at home makes a difference for them, especially in the playoffs, because that place, we've all been there for, oh, for, yeah. for games. Oh, yeah. And for playoff games, I've been there. You saw Romo drop it a is, snap and It one. is yeah. loud. And yeah. and that is a that is definitely a home field advantage. I think that's very important for a team like Seattle, which I don't think is a great team. So for those kind of teams, and maybe you put Dallas in that same category, for those kind of teams that are really good but not great, that extra little bit of being at home maybe makes a difference. Well, I, I think Philadelphia and San Francisco could go way. anywhere and probably. Because I know they've had that in the past, but I haven't Not so much anymore. Kept that that Drew Brees, Sean Payton era has passed. So that that's yeah. when they really had that stigma of you didn't want to play them in the Superdome. Uh-huh. That yeah. It's not the same anymore. You, yeah, so I was going to say, I give I give the, the slight edge right now to the Seahawks because there is it's not only um, what Derek is saying, but it's it's established. It's been that way. It's remained that way. No matter who the quarterback is, no matter what the, the record is, they are the 12th man is showing up and they are literally shaking the planet beneath the stadium. As far as the Cowboys are concerned, I think the Cowboys are getting there. Yeah. Um, but this is the same Cowboys team that not so many seasons ago, we were wondering where was the home field advantage yeah. in, in Dallas? They did not win as many games as home at home as they would like would have liked to. So yeah. this season, uh, going back to last season and season prior, twelve straight, you can't ignore it. Uh, this season, one sixty to fifty point differential, can't ignore it. Best team at home this season is the Cowboys, but you know overall, it's still the Seahawks slightly because uh, those fans are just nuts. The, the thing I always talk about here is if you go on the road and play a playoff game, you're probably going to have a huge fan base in New Orleans, Atlanta, or Tampa. Hmm. If you had to go to one of those places, yes. Seattle, they're not going to give their tickets up. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to be a Seattle crowd. You'll see the other other seats, especially New Orleans used to be a hard place to play. 
Cowboy fans will find a way to get tickets. Do you there. do you remember uh, this was uh, during the Colin Kaepernick era when the 49ers came to AT&T Stadium and oh, yeah. it was a sea of red. Oh yeah. By the way, oh, yeah. that's, you honestly, do not that's, see that's that every time in Seattle. That's every time San Francisco comes here. But, yeah. It's also when we go to Dallas, when we go to San Francisco. There's yeah. a lot of Cowboys fans yeah. in the Fair. crowd. So it's the both those franchises they're, they're going to have a lot of fans. San Francisco travels. They're almost like Pittsburgh in the way that they travel with their fans. It, it's pretty impressive how they roll. Houston did that too. I know it's a close Trip yeah, that's and all trip. But, but man, and that, for them, that's a huge game. Like for yeah. the Texans, those fans, that's a huge game when they get to play the Cowboys, just right. because there's a lot of you know that back and forth. Mm-hmm. Y- your rivalries happen from the people you got to go to work with and you got to talk to regularly, yeah. your friends from college, all that kind of stuff. You got two cities that close together, you're gonna have a lot of people that want to come. I saw that the, baseball, the baseball was yeah, really absolutely. good. Yeah, I, w- I would say the uh, the the more blue collar aspect of the Cowboys fandom. If you go back in eras like Cotton Bowl, Texas State, like that, those types of home fields that would rival Twelfth Man in Seattle. Yeah, the Cowboys the, at AT&T Stadium, these fans are starting getting better. to get better with getting that. Better. They've been much better. Shouts out to those fans over yeah. the past couple of years. We see you, we hear you as we're sitting in the press box. It gets yeah. loud up there. Um, but the 12th man, if you're looking at which Cowboys fan era they go up against, it's it, you're talking Jimmy Johnson and Tom Landry days. I'm going to put you guys on the spot real quick, Yeah, just on a real quick question. Sure. Because you guys travel with the team all the time. Cowboy fans on the East Coast stronger than the Cowboy fans on the West Coast? No. Or West Coast fans, you stronger. said that fast. I don't know if I. I don't know the, if I the would reason be that, I say that, that is because there's such a foothold in like California and and that side. But but they're also no. Like, I've heard them. In, I've heard it. them in New York. Those folks I in get DC. It. This is not. This is those folks yeah, in Philly. Not, those folks in New York. Yeah, like we this, got a bunch of avid. I'm like hardcore yeah, fans. Yeah. In that that little area right there in in on the East Coast, the there's a yeah. ton of fans. And by the way, and they're, fighting, and they're fighting for we the got a ton of fans that are very day. avid yeah. in California and in Arizona. We got a ton of fans yeah. out there. Like there's a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. I, that's my point. I wouldn't quickly say either way. I would but say both of them okay, are so, extremely strong. So let me well, really I see what you're strong. doing. Yeah, because the question I'm, no, I'm, the question like, I'm answering is I don't know the answer on that. The question I'm answering is the expansiveness of it, not necessarily. So the expansiveness of it, I would give it to West Coast and California. California's bigger. Right. That's what I'm. Yeah, and look at the numbers. So, like, so I look at the numbers all the time. That's what I'm talking about. Well, there's a lot of the them on numbers. that East Coast, man. Now, as far as um, who, who fights with the you know tooth and nail every day, that's the Eastern Seaboard fans. They're up there with the Commanders fans and the Giants fans and I've, the Philadelphia Cowboys fans who have to deal with oh, – well, Pennsylvania Cowboys fans have to deal with the Steelers on the West and then the Eagles yeah. on the East. So as far as the, the more special kind yeah, of the more fiery ones, I would say Eastern the Seaboard. Hey. The, yeah. the expansive ones, I would say, is, is on the – I don't. We you look practice, at the numbers, man. We had man. a practice against <laughs> no. the Rams. We had a practice of the Rams against in Oxnard, and the fans were fighting just as much as the players were fighting. Was that them or was it Oakland? Because I remember were, both. No, it was they, like gosh, it was a man, lot of the fans were yeah. like like our players were at the <laughs> fence, and a guy swung a helmet at like I think it was. Uh, I think it was our little corner. I think it was a little brown. Uh, yeah, Eddie I brown. I, I know got hit with a helmet. You know, like he's I thought for some reason I thought that was the Raiders, but it could have been. Yeah, the we, Rams. it was it's energy. It, both yeah. times it was a lot of it was a lot of energy it's in the crazy. crowd. It is crazy. It is crazy. A lot of energy. The road. I will yeah. say, no matter where they are, East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, the the Cowboys fans who either travel or live abroad, they sh- when they show up, they absolutely show up, and yeah. that you got to love that. That's what should hopefully help the Cowboys kind of get their. 
no other way to put it, kind of get their act together when it comes to these yeah. road games because they've not done well at the road, and they don't want this to be the Achilles no. heel for them going into the back end of the season. Our European fans are good, too, by the way. You know, our U.K. folks We are should go visit them. Well, yeah. they're coming Jerry. through here for Thanksgiving. No, no, yeah, we, we should go folks visit yeah. them. Are coming through for yeah, they're coming they're, to the Star for Thanksgiving, yeah. and we've already got something set up. They're going to come through and, and, uh, and just kind of say out. hi to everybody. Cool. But, yeah. No, our, we'll our European fans are them. really, really good. London, Germany. We should go visit our fans in Mexico, too, as Azteca. Let's say, yeah, we should go. Yeah, Derek. Yeah, we should travel. Like, to I got some say in this. <laughs> yeah. You're, there's only one person in here that will sit in a meeting with someone named Jones. Yeah, and you know so. what I'm going to do? I'm going to be listening like, yes, Mr. Jones, what are we doing again? Okay, that game? Yeah, we're in. We are We will promote it. Derek, have your .com you. ready to go. <laughs> yes, we will be ready. We got you. All right, let's take our final break. We will come back. We got a little game. Brian's got a game okay. for us. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com. Better be good. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboy VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Get a framed-worthy family holiday photo with Santa at the Star presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District from November 17th through December 24th. Book your visit before December 9th and save $5 with the code STAR5. 
Visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa for more info. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian's got a game for us. Brian, go. All right, Derek Eagleton. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Is Deron Bland the second-best defensive player on the squad? Yes. He is the second-best defensive player on the squad as of this moment. Now, I'm not making a bigger – because if you want to talk about, like, just overall in their career, Tank is still number two in my opinion. But as far as how he's playing this season, yes, he is the number two most productive player on this defense. How about you, Patrick? Up, Ambar? Either one? Yeah, it's just a simple answer. Yes. Yes. See? No qualification matter. (laughs) I mean, uh, again, yes, it's not fair sometimes to look at – only stats and only flashy plays, interceptions, or how many you return. Oh, but, I get more than that. but you don't hold have on, to. Hold yeah, on, yeah, hold on. Sorry. I'm saying in some instances, because you mentioned a guy like Tank, he may not have those yeah, stats, fact. but we know 100%. how much he affects the game and what he creates yeah. for other players. So you got to look at that. But even by looking at that, I totally agree. It is a guy like Deron Bland. What he's done starting his career till now, and even this season so far, has been absolutely amazing. Something that I haven't done, I haven't seen since I started working here with the Cowboys. So he's been nothing is, but is, great. Is Tank the closest to? If you had a comparison, I mean, if you is it Tank? Well, Osa is kind of. No, you know what? I, can I give you another one? I'll give you another one that everybody doesn't give the same love. Oh, now you're thinking of all these really no, good I'm answers. Just thinking, here. Where were you the first Hankins. time around? Hankins is he, he is quietly yeah. having a great yep. season. Like you watch him in this last yeah. game. Oh no. Like mm-hmm. he was he was making things happen that you wouldn't notice unless mm-hmm. you were watching it in slow motion like, "Oh, that happened because yeah. he was there." Like yeah. he he is having a really 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 great season. And I don't know if he's going to get the same love yeah. that other guys will get, but he is having a great season. The nose tackles rarely do. All right, they don't. Um, yeah. My answer is yes, Bland, as we have this conversation, is the second best defender um, for all the reasons Ambar and, and Derek said. And, and I'll add to this, of course, um, when you look at what Bland has been thrown into as far as, yeah, he was a breakout guy as a nickel guy as a rookie. He's looking to take the second-year leap, but he was looking to take that year, that leap as the nickel. Mm-hmm. But then you lose Diggs, and now he's putting mm-hmm. Diggs' role in. Those are some serious shoes to step into. What does he do? He just – picks it up and runs like there's been no hiccup in the in the uh, giddy up so you do you put all of that into perspective and um yeah you got the flashy numbers the interceptions that's the flashy number right that's what everybody's looking at what they're not looking at is the fact that he has the lowest passer rating when targeted uh since entering the league over these past over this past year and a half so when you add those quiet stats to the flashy stats mm-hmm. and then the context of what he's been asked to do absolutely this season he's number one in that in that stat absolutely. across the league Better. every cornerback in the league. That includes Sauce, right? That includes okay, Sauce. Okay, I was just double-checking. For but, those that know, I ask. Yeah, that, that he's, he's definitely, right Kyle now, Yeomans, he is the, statistically, he is the best cornerback in the NFL. Were you guys ever nervous at all about him taking over from Diggs? Uh, no, I was worried about the slide. Yeah. Uh, if he slides up, then who slides after him? Right. And although I believe in Jordan Lewis as yeah. a good player, I was still a little bit concerned. Like I, I'll put it like this. Those three that were there before yeah. versus the three that are there yeah. now, I thought there was a difference. And that was what I was more concerned about, not so much Bland himself. Yeah, I didn't have any concern over his ability. My only concern was what would the expectation be? Because 
great news is is he is putting up the flashy numbers mm-hmm. in addition to the quiet numbers. Um, but if he were not putting up the flashy numbers, how would people would people be fair in their analysis of him? And I don't think that they would be because they say, well, Diggs would have X amount of interceptions yeah. by now. Bland has shut all that up. So yeah, no, he's doing his thing. Agree. Nice. AG. <laughs> yeah, start with AG. AG. Are you concerned that Micah Parsons might be slowing down? Hmm. Hmm. Because last year at this time, remember we had a thing where Micah went on a little bit of a run, mm-hmm. where we you know the, there weren't the sacks, and yeah. that yeah. you know the, he plays for such a high level for such a long time. You know we're what eleven weeks now into this about to be. Last week uh, we talked with Dan Quinn was talking about maybe the schemed against him. I think he got a little frustrated in that game, watching the game, watching the individual plays that he had. But you, you weren't about Micah Parsons slowing down a little what, bit. What has been my concern with him um, since last year wouldn't necessarily be um, the physical aspect of it, the skill or anything like that. It would be more the mental aspect of things. Him allowing himself to get too frustrated with maybe not – getting enough sacks or being the main star and flashy player on the defense. And we know how much he he likes that. And it's just that. We've seen it in the past last year when when he's not mentally focused his game just goes like scrambles, you know. He he he's just. You can see him not being the same type of boom immediate reaction type of player. So I would say more that, and and that is taking effect because of his role having to help a linebacker and those changes that are happening now. And I want—I mean, I would assume that kind of stays the same as the season goes now that we heard the news with uh, Leighton not being able to come back this year. But I would say as long as he stays mentally focused and not keeping an eye on stats – and sacks and defensive player of the year, if you're just a team player and keep doing your job, because regardless, you're going to keep attracting guys on you. So sure. your presence in, in there is so valuable. Right. Um, but yeah, I that's the only thing I would say. It's a mental aspect of things. Ambar hit all the nails right on the head. Um, I don't think he's slowing down. As a matter of fact, statistically, uh. in some categories, he's speeding up. Uh, going into the Giants game, I haven't checked after the Giants game, but uh, he he's had the fastest get-off of his entire career, I think it was 0.70 seconds. So he's quicker, he's faster. But to what Ambar is saying, uh, even before the loss of LVE, he was being moved around uh, across the offensive line, or defensive line, I'm sorry, saw him lining up on the edge, you saw him at three, saw him at zero. Um, but now with the loss of LVE, now he's being asked to do some linebacker duty. He's kind of off ball as well. Uh, but ultimately, he's still impacting the game because he has to be schemed against. He has to be planned for. What does that do? That opens up Tank, Osa, uh, Neville, Jonathan Hankins to do his work, uh, Marquise Bell, Donovan Wilson. The list goes on and on. So I don't believe he's slowing down at all. He's speeding up. He's just being utilized in a different capacity than the couple of years prior. Um, and yeah, I think when he gets frustrated, it can get to him a little bit and it can kind of show itself on film. Um, but like you said, Ambar, there's so many people, so many dogs on this defense that want to eat Sam Williams. He mm-hmm. he said, free me. And then he went out there and he got his. So Michael Parsons will mess around and have a, a four-sack game against uh, uh, the you know Carolina Panthers, and we won't even have this conversation. So, yeah, he's, he's still going at a good tick. 
I wasn't able to look it up. I'm, I was trying to pull it up. But going into last week, Michael Parsons still was number one in the NFL in quarterback pressure percentage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that that's changed or not. I thought he had some pressures in this last game, even though he didn't get any sacks. Uh, but that being said, no, I'm not worried about him at all. My, I, I kind of agree with Amber. I get more concerned with him starting to mentally yep. look for the sacks and the stats more than he should and that forces him to make mistakes and not do the things that defense requires him to do. That's what I'd be more concerned about. But I'm not even really concerned about that right now. I predict this weekend he'll have two plus sacks like I said, and everything not will be fine. Like I, I just, I, he's a he's a great player. He continues to be a great player. I don't think there's any reason to to. And this happens with with pass rushers. It happens all the time. Good pass rushers they'll have these little spreads of three four games where they may not have any sacks, and then they'll have a game where they have four. Like it right. just happens. You know like who, that. who said it, that specifically? It, it was Tank. I can't remember if it was last season, season prior. Um, it probably was season prior when a lot of people were wondering. Well, calling for his head and oh you need to move mm-hmm. on from Tank because he wasn't getting the sack numbers and he said they'll come I remember yeah. him saying he was like they'll come they come in spurts mm-hmm. and not two games later it was a sack and it was a two game sack and it was a sack and it was a two game sack so to your point yeah and I'm pretty sure I remembered I don't remember where I saw this stat but I, I'm pretty sure Micah is if not the most he's among the top two or three as far as number of double teams that he sees uh, per game as far and as number, number of non-called holding so, penalties. Yeah, so, so <laughs> you also have to put that in context as well. There are going to be these stretches where teams are just like, he will not beat us. Somebody else is going to have to beat us. Yeah. And the more that other people get him, like this last game when you get five sacks and he wasn't one of them, teams start saying, okay, we might need to pay a little more attention to everybody else. And once you start spreading that out, he gets a couple more plays where he's not seeing a double team, and then he gets his opportunity. So I'm not worried about Micah at all. Okay. we got one more time for one more question? Yep. Go one more. One more. Patrick, mm. Buffalo Bills are now 5-5 five and five and not playing particularly well. Ain't worried about them either. Yep. Sorry. Are you now more worried about them or the Cowboys functioning in a game in cold weather? Ooh. Um, I would say the latter. Um, a good run offense travels. A good rushing attack travels. Cowboys are trying to figure out the rushing attack right now, <laughs> which is why I have the concern as far as cold weather. Yeah. Um, you love the fact that they're lighting up the scoreboard with the passing attack. That becomes a little bit more difficult when that ball feels like a brick being caught. Um, I'm not worried about the Bills right now. Josh Allen is is all over the place. They just fired Turning their, the ball over a lot. Right, they just fired their offensive coordinator. They just lost Ken to the Dorsey. Broncos yeah. at home. So, uh, I mean, this might be – they're on the precipice of spiraling is what they are. So we'll see what they are by the time the Cowboys get to Buffalo. So I'm not worried about the Buffalo Bills. I, I liken it to what Mike McCarthy said um, a couple games ago. They're, the Cowboys are running their own race. This is a good example of them needing to run their own race. Don't worry about the Bills when you get to Buffalo. Worry about you how you play – in that weather, in that environment, with that fan base. Because we talked about the 12th man. Bill's Mafia is right up there, too. I'm more concerned about Amber than I am about the Cowboys. <laughs> like, we know was, how Amber feels in about my cold. Head, I'm like, wait. Yeah. Is this, wait, so is this snow? Does it, wait, what, does what, it what, like hold, it's going to be cold. We know that. How much wind are we yeah, talking about? Because be sometimes that hits like a blade on your face. <laughs> but see, but that's I will why tell you Miami's this. there to balance it out. But I will yeah. tell you this. I, I, I'm not concerned about the cold. I'm more concerned about if there's precipitation, that's when the running game becomes like really important. Yep. If you get a game and we've seen those games, you turn on Sunday, December game and you're in Buffalo and it's all white. Like mm-hmm. the whole field is white. You get one of those games, you better, better be able run to run the ball. ball. And yeah. if you can't run the ball, you have no shot because you just can't. It's harder to throw in that kind in those sure. kind of conditions. Uh, cold. 
I, I think these are professionals. They'll figure the cold mm-hmm. out. It's about the precipitation. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm more concerned about. If there's precipitation, I'm more concerned about the Cowboys. If there's not precipitation, I think they're fine. Yeah, as of today, um, and hopefully, I mean, they still have like four weeks to hopefully improve on this. But let's say there is something like that where the passing game and, and your sight is now being affected. Uh, I don't trust this Cowboys offense right now to win a game relying solely on their Rushing, rushing attack, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that would be definitely concerning. If there is some snow there or something like that, uh, I would say we're screwed. Well, here's the other thing to consider. <laughs> here's the other thing to consider about that right now. Buffalo's in a similar boat. They can't right. run the ball either. Yeah. And uh, and if you have both teams going out there and saying, we know you have to run because of the conditions, I, I don't know who wins that game because I think both teams are going to struggle to sure. be able to run the ball. Yeah, that's sure. what I was going to say. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the Cowboys are screwed because the defense, that a good defense does travel as well. So, yeah. And when the yeah. elements start working against the opposing offense, like we're talking about it probably working against the Cowboys, it's going to work against a turnover-prone Josh Allen as well, very well. Yeah. versus a turnover, yeah. you know, a provider. I'm saying we're screwed on offense. Defense. We're screwed. Maybe happens. we'll see. We'll see. They have three weeks to make it. Tony is getting his, his, his showing some legs. Find the hole. Rico is. Rico. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop it. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. On that note, let's just. That's a wrap from seventeen. Take us off the air. We'll be back on tomorrow for another edition. Take us off the air. For Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break. Live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?